Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Makers Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. How's everybody doing out there today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's crank this up again. Yeah. Say that song, that's that song grows on you. It's a good song. It's Art of War. All right. Wow. Okay, guys. This is what we are going to do here on the D-Tom Show, uh, sponsored by Makers Mark Bourbon and uh, Redcon, and uh, our newest sponsor, which we'll get to here in just a minute. But I want to give you a little, little brief update on the situation that is, uh, that uh, that what we're doing here. You know, sugar water. All right. What I'm going to get into, so, you know, we just did the 26-part story on Bush family. No, seven, seven or eight or 20. I don't know, whatever it was. But uh, I can see by the downloads that you guys enjoyed them. So uh, all I have to do is say is uh, you're welcome. Oh. Uh, back in March of, uh, of this year, I did... I did an episode called the Illuminati uh, Bloodline, or the 13 Bloodlines of the Illuminati, and uh, we we started with the Rothschilds, and I kind of didn't really go any further, and and that's my fault, obviously, being being that this is a part-time podcast from a guy with a full-time job, right? I kind of lose track of some of the things I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to get better at staying consistent. Thus, the the series type shows with the uh, the Bush crime family, and you know earlier in the year I did the uh, rise and fall of the of great empires, um, thirteen bloodlines of the Illuminati. I give you one. Um, kind of touched on one with the Bushes. They weren't, and I'll get into that here in a minute. But um, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to do the other. 12 bloodlines 
of the Illuminati. And um, it's not necessarily going to be one show, one show, one show. We're going to do our typical um, keep it at an hour type situation. Um, so the show I'm bringing you today might be a two-parter. And uh, this particular part, this particular situation is going to lead into another family. And then we'll do, once we get through with this family, we'll jump into another bloodline and so on and so forth. And then periodically we'll jump into situations where we have um, current events, current news. Like we, I just did the episode on Sunday, the, uh, what was it, the fall of the, the crypto cabal, which is breaking news. It's big news. It's really starting to break now on mainstream media and mainstream podcasts. So I had to do that show because it's it's nice to be kind of on top of a breaking news situation. And um, although I, we weren't the first people to talk about it, Tucker talked about it briefly on Friday. Um, didn't really have the details that we had on the Sunday podcast. Um, so I like, it makes me feel good, and it's, and it's getting a lot of pop, so that's, that's a good thing. But nonetheless, so with that being said, I'm, like I said, I'm going to try and stick to these series shows. And because uh, I find it interesting by the downloads and the new subscribers we're getting, I can see that you guys find it interesting also. So with that being said, guys, please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you're new to the show especially, if you could please subscribe to the show. And then it's also very important subscribing because that tracks you listening to the show, number one. Number two, please make sure you share this with your friends. And and I and I say it doesn't even have to be like-minded friends. It could be, you know, some people call them normies, whatever. People that um, aren't like-minded, just people you're acquainted with. And if they're, if they're people that like history, because what I'm going to try and do, what I like to do with these series shows, obviously I did that seven or whatever it was, seven, eight-part series show on the Bush family. Well, that's a negative spin on a Republican family, Right. So we'll do it all against Republicans. We'll go against Democrats. It doesn't. It's not about right or left. It's not about Republican, Democrat. It's about right and wrong. And it's about true conservative values versus the liberal, liberal crackpots. And not all Republicans are conservative. And not all liberals are crackpots. Not all lefties or whatever you want to call them. Not all Democrats are crazy. And not all Republicans are good. So um, today we're going to get into another of the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. And this one's going to deal around the Mormon leadership. But before we get into that, I want to make sure you go to our social media profiles. Don't tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. I posted a funny ass meme today. I thought it was freaking hilarious. So, some somehow or another, it's not getting any traction. So, I don't know if it's being shadow banned or the people that are on Facebook are just morons. But I think it's freaking hilarious. So, I encourage you to go to our Facebook page or, or our Instagram page at Don't Tread on America and check it out. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And um, also, on the Ticker Talker 
at Don't Tread on America, and basically all I do on there is make drinks. You know, so if you have any ideas for drinks or any recipes, send them our way via the message board on TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook. Or if you want to check out our Twitter, it is DTOM underscore 1775. And uh, today, I'm drinking a mint julep, which if you have never had one, it's quite refreshing. And uh, I'll do a drink recipe on the Ticker Talker here in the next day or so and show you how to make one of these if you don't know how to do so. Mm. It's got a little hint of mint. Mm. It's kind of like drinking mouthwash, but good. Anyway. Also, I want to get to our last, our other sponsor, and that is Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com and use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. Christmas is right around the corner, guys. Check them out. Um, get something for the wife, your girlfriend, ladies, your husband, your boyfriends, whatever you got out there. Mothers, fathers, sons. You have any kids graduating high school or college? Makes good gifts. And also, you know, Valentine's isn't that far away. I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse, but it is what it is. All right. Now on with the show. So, the Mormon leadership. One of the things that the Illuminati has done is instill apathy in people towards resisting their wickedness. A letter by ex-Mormon says, says it better than I could. I'm going to read this here. There are many reasons why these people, the Mormons, will not come forth even though they know of the corruption in the Mormon church. One is due to their belief in Mormon scripture which they associate with the Mormon church. The leadership is unspurred by power, or I'm sorry, the leadership has unspurred power and authority over this scripture. Thus, the members of the Mormon church think that God expects them to support their misguided leaders. This is much the uh, rationalization that American people make about our government. They all know of the corruption, but rationalize it that it is unpatriotic to talk against the government or ungrateful to complain when they enjoy superficial prosperity. And think about that line right there to today, to right now what's going on. People like us, people like myself, were sitting here saying these things against Biden, against our government. Uh, you have the, the new people that are coming into Congress speaking out against McCarthy, new people in the Senate speaking out against McConnell, running against these the old guard, as they're called. And what are they called? They're called ultra-maga. They're called maga-republicans. They're called uh, conspiracy theorists. They're called crazy. Right? Because going against that is what you would call unpatriotic. And it's not. If anything... It's ultra-patriotic. So, before I get into this, what is Mormonism? What is that? Like, we know what Christianity is. We know what Judaism is. We know basically what Islam is, right? So, Mormonism is a religion tradition and theology of the Latter-day Saints, uh, Saints, Latter-day Saints movement of the restor- restoration, restorationist. Yeah, Christianity, started by Joseph Smith in western New York in the 1820s and 30s. As a label, Mormonism has been applied to various aspects of the Latter-day Saint movement, 
although there has been a recent push from the Church of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to distance themselves from this label, a historian, Sidney Alstrom, spoke in 1982, one cannot even be sure whether Mormonism is a sect, a mystery cult, a new religion, a church, a people, a nation, or an American subculture. Indeed, at different times and places, it is, it is all of these. However, scholars and theologians, theologians, the theologians, one of the three of those words, I don't know, <laughs> within the Latter-day Saint movement, including Smith, have often used Mormonism to describe the unique teachings and doctrines of the movements. So, I guess, in essence, there are... I'm not going to read the whole Wikipedia page on Mormonism, but there is obviously quirks in the religion. I think the basic ideology of the religion is Christianity. Um, I think they observe the Sabbath. They, You know, it's different. They kind of take a piece of different of all the religions, essentially. So, the Mormon president was Ezra Taft Benson, considered a prophet by Mormons. He was a fan of the John Birch Society. Most people on both the Mormon Church and the John Birch Society will not be able to protect themselves from the Illuminati. Um, we don't expose these organizations without a great deal of proof. I say this because I know too many sources and too many angles that both organizations were initiated to have been run by the Illuminati. So, what is the John Birch Society? And, you know, we'll, we'll break in and out of these. I just want to, if you don't know what these things are, I want to let you know that where we're not just chatting. So, the John Birch Society is an American right-wing political advocacy group founded in 1958. It is anti-communism, supports social conservatism, and is associated with the ultra-conservative, radical-right, far-right politics or libertarian ideas. The society's founder, businessman Robert Welch, developed an organization infrastructure of nationwide chapters in December of 1958. The society rose quickly in membership and influenced was controversial for its promotion of conspiracy theories. In the 1960s, the conservative William F. Buckley and National Review published the JBS to be exiled uh, to the fringes of the American right. Um, the uh, I'm sorry, I was just kind of reading over that again. I make sure I read it correctly. Most recently, Jeet Her has argued the New Republic um, in the New Republic that while the organization's influence peaked in the 1970s. Um, Bircherism and its legacy of conspiracy theories have become the dominant strain in the conservative movement. Politico has asserted that JBS began making a resurgence in the mid-2010s while observers hesitated and stated... I'm sorry, why? <laughs> observers have stated that JBS is believed and its beliefs shaped the Republican Party and the Trump administration and the broader conservative movement, writing in the Huffington Post, Andrew 
Rhineback called JBS the intellectual uh, seed bank of the right. Originally based in Belmont, Massachusetts, the John Birch Society is now headquarters in Grand Chute, Wisconsin, a suburb of Appleton, Wisconsin, with local chapters throughout the United States. So, um, it's obviously a far-right situation. Um, I briefly recall hearing about them, but it is interesting to to know who we're talking about. <clears throat> All right, so um, the Mormon Church has long prophesied that they would defend the U.S. Constitution in the last days. They are moving to fulfill with that like with men like Bogritz, who um, sprinkles his talks and, with buzzwords from Mormon prophecy. The John Birch Society was part of the process of the Hedglin dialect of the Cold War. They pretend to be the defenders of the people against the New World Order, but they are fake opposition. So who's Bogritz? Let's see. He's a guy. And he says stuff. It's crazy. James Gordon Bogritz is an American former United States Army Special Forces officer with presidential candidate and, or, and a president. After serving in Vietnam and retiring from the military, Gritz has worked on attempted POW rescues. In conjunction with the Vietnam War, Gritz ran for president under the Populist Party in 92 under the slogan, God's Guns and Grits. And, republished, and published a um, isolationist political manifesto titled The Bill of Grits. Okay. I'm not going to read his whole life story. I just wanted to kind of overview. So we know who we're talking about. Um, it may be why... In my, and I'm sorry. Da-da-da. <laughs> uh, so um, in... Genealogical evidence to show that the Mormon leadership connected to the 13, 13th top Illuminati families, the holy bloodline of what uh, purports to be Jesus's lineage, lineage. I have also showed numerous other connections between the Mormon leaders and the elite Illuminati bloodlines. Ezra Taft Benson's God bless genealogy helps tie together some of the various parts of the Illuminati beast. The Taft in Henson's name, um, I'm sorry, in Benson's name, is because Ezra Taft Benson is a descendant of Alfonso Taft, who along with one of the Russell families, and of course we know the Russells are also one of the top 13 families in the Illuminati bloodline, which we'll talk about them in a future episode. William Russell started the Order of the Skull and Bones back uh, with Alfonso Taft in, what was it, 1892, I think it was. And that, we talked about that during the uh, Bush, fam Bush crime family. And so remember that George Bush was a Skull and Bones man. George Bush also is a descendant of the top 13 top Illuminati families, the family that ties with the British royalty and the Revogians, uh, the man who, um, who, and speaking of George, this is H.W., 
and the man who beat him for president was William Jefferson Blythe Clinton. And if you don't know, you do now. He is a descendant from the Russells. So that leads us into what we're going to get into. And that's the, the Clinton, the Clinton family. And over the next couple of days, we'll discuss what I'm going to call the Clinton crime family. And this is going to piggyback off of the Bush crime family because the two are very much the same. So, um, this, in my research, we haven't really gotten into um, the Russell family. But they go way back into the Illuminati bloodline. The Russells are responsible for starting the Skull and Bones Order, the Pilgrim Society, the Watch Over Bible, and Track Society, and also the Masonic Daughters of Isabella. Archibald Russell, a Mason from Scotland, set up still other organizations. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Scotland... Play, has played a key role in the Illuminati. One example of thousands is Mariner S. Eccles, governor of the Federal Reserve Board and supporter of FDR, who is a member of the wealthy Mormon Illuminati Eccles family, which came over from Scotland. The Russells played a key role in the opium trade in the early 1800s. And early Mormonism, one of the Russells' business partners was Warren Delano Jr., chief of Russell and Company operations in Canton, China. Delano, Delano, however you want to pronounce that, was the grandfather of President Franklin Roosevelt. So, Delano, Delano, Delanor, FDR. The Russell and Company logo was a skull and bones. The Taft family, which is also related to George Bush by blood. The Harriman family are two of the families that have been intimately connected with Skull and Bones Order. Which is an entry point into the Illuminati. And on the surface, just an exclusive fraternity. Um, the, the Harriman family is also very prominent in Bill Clinton's... Uh, and President Bill Clinton's life, Avril Harriman. Now, before I read this, if you recall, Harriman, back in the day, bank, uh, I'm just going to kind of hit points. This base was back on the, uh, we talked about this in the Bush crime family. So you had Avril Harriman. Uh, I'm just going to hit brief points. Uh, trains, boats, banks, and he was in conjunction with Prescott Bush. Right, Prescott Bush is the daddy to George H.W. Bush, so on and so forth. And that's important to know because we're, we're, we're linking a quote-unquote conservative Republican family to now a Democratic family. And this is why I try to make the lines in between the fact that a lot of your Republicans and a lot of your Democrats, especially your high-powered ones, that don't mean shit. That R&D doesn't mean a thing. 
So, um, uh, blah, blah. So, uh, shit, what did I miss? Okay, April family prominent in April Harriman was the CEO of George Bush's father's company, which I just talked about. Wife Pamela, who has played an extremely important life in Bill Clinton's life. Pamela, Pamela, Don, say Pamela. It's not Pamula, it's Pamela. Pamela Harriman raised more money for the Democratic Party than any other single person up until this year when Sam Bankfield. No. She created a political action committee named PAMPAC. When Bill Clinton lost his race for governor, Pamela made Bill Clinton head of her PAMPAC. Um, when Bill Clinton was in high school, he shook hands with uh, President JFK, also one of the members of the top 13 Illuminati bloodlines. And I, I've got, I'm just going to break off real quick here. I got something interesting that triggers me. So we talked about JFK. We talked, we did our DTOM files. Remember, we did a JFK, we did a RFK. And um, the family, which is one we'll get into later, is one of the 13 Illuminati bloodlines. Um, it's not necessary. I don't, if I remember correctly, it's not necessarily that the Kennedy name is per se, just like the Clinton name isn't per se, but their bloodline is in the lineage of, of that. Um, and my thoughts are this, just because JFK and RFK were a part of that situation, their, their family name, I should say. I think part of the reason they got them killed, like think of J, well, think of both of them. I elude to the fact that George Bush had something to do with both of their deaths. I talked about it during the blood, the uh, Bush crime family. I even talked about it when me and Chris did the uh, Deton files on both of them. And it's not a popular opinion. It's it's not. But the fact of the matter is. Bush was in Dallas. Bush was ahead of the CIA. Bush was in the mix. Um, JFK was going against what the they wanted to have happen. So I think he was, even though he was a bloodline, like I've told you before, it's like being in the mob. Just because you're a family, if you go against the family... You don't you don't walk away from it. You just don't walk away from the family. And I think that's why I think that's part of the reason why JFK and Robert were killed. I think they were trying to go against the family's wishes. And I'm not just talking about the Kennedy family. I'm talking about the Illuminati. And that's what really got them killed. Had nothing to do with with Oswald. He was just a he was just a field rat, you know. But, um, so anyway, that'll be, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Master of ceremonies at the affair with JFK and Clinton was Winthrop Rockefeller. Yet another name in the mix, right? Um, in the film clips of this event, which the established media have recently, have, I mean, have used recently, the established media edited out Winthrop Rockefeller from the scenes of the Clinton and JFK. Now, why do you think they did that? The Astor family, 
another one of the 13, was in, uh, intimately connected to the creation of the Rhodes Scholarship. Bill Clinton was a Rhodes Scholar and looked up to Professor Carol Quigley. Now, uh, I think that's he was a archivist, archivist uh, of the CFR as a mentor. So, what's the CFR? CFR is the Council on Forlation uh, Forlations. I I love when I read shit. I, I combine words, so you know what forlation is, right, guys? It's foreign relations. So the Council on Foreign Relations. I did it again. I swear to God, you would, you would think I had a sec- second grade reading level. Anyway, the Quigley Clinton connection. I, okay, I'm going to give you a little inside baseball here. Here's the deal: when I read, this is why I can't read books. I I can't just read. I can't just slowly read. I want to get through it as quickly as possible. I can't just read. The Quigley Clinton connection introduces more connections between Clinton and the Illuminati. Quigley sidetracked people by making people think. The elite were Anglophiles who wanted the British to rule the world. Although the elite are particular to the English language, as lingua francia, in their heart, their alliance is not to Britain, but to Satan. That's how a normal person would read. I wouldn't sit there and go, Clinton has compared... (laughs) See, I just did it. Clinton has been compared to JFK and FDR by people, perhaps in a negative sense, the comparison is inappropriate. Or is appropriate. See, I just say inappropriate when it says appropriate. And that's my point. I've really got to, you know, not, I'm kind of berating myself while I'm recording this. So you are, you, are, you are privy to the conversations that go on in my head. You're welcome once again. So, anyway, let's review. <laughs> Some of the items, items which stuck out as red flags about Bill Clinton are these. Several ex-witches, now Christians, identified Clinton's running mate, Al Gore, as a witch. Al Gore's book promotes several witchcraft themes, such as Mother Gain Worship. Senator Al Gore has (laughs) intimately worked with other men who are Illuminati for years. Al Gore was close friends with Armand Hammer, the Illuminati courier, courier who shuttled back and forth between Moscow and America on a regular basis. Now, real quick, does anybody know what ship he, what what shipping line? Uh, anybody? Bueller, right? That was the Avril Harriman uh, America shipping line, right? Anyway, um, between Moscow and America on a regular basis, and had homes in both countries. Hammer, not MC, but Armand, bankrolled both Al Gore Jr and his father, Al Gore Sr. Al Gore and Bill Clinton raised their hands as Democratic National Convention and declared their administration would be the New Covenant. Bill Clinton's brother ended up in prison in connection to a legal drug trade. That I know that Bill Clinton was also involved with helping while he was governor of Arkansas. Now I sound like a fucking computer, right? (laughs) So... You guys um, are aware that the top Illuminati families are the power behind the drug trade. And um, 
I'll, I, I kind of touched on this in the, in the, um, in the uh, George Bush crime family situation about crack and the CIA's involvement. It's, it's interesting. I, I, I remember, I want to say it was easy, and I could be wrong. And I know, oh, Don, you're talking about gangster rap. You're talking about West Coast rap. I'm telling you right now when I tell you this. Some of these West Coast drug dealers that became rappers, that became um, music producers, Suge Knight, these kind of guys, were involved in drug dealing. It is what it is. I'm not alleging these things. It's fact. Suge Knight protected said drug dealers. Now, I recall, I want to say it was easy, but I recall an interview where the comment was made and, and where the CIA was bringing this, these drugs in to the inner city, whether it was in South Central, in New York, Chicago, wherever, with the, under the guides of killing, getting black people addicted to these drugs and having them kill themselves off, overdosing, whatever. And at the time that this happened, who was in charge of the CIA? George Bush. It was part of the eugenics package. Guys, I'm telling you right now, go back. If you haven't done so, listen to the George, the Bush crime family parts, and I labeled them. So I'm telling you guys, it's, it's, it's there. I, I didn't make stuff up. I'm reading you articles, okay? And I've got some on the Clinton family that we're going to get into in the next day or two about this drug deal, this drug situation that Roger Clinton was hemmed up on in uh, Arkansas. And I'm not going to get into it now because it's not time. So where was I at? Bill Clinton's chief campaign advisor, James Carville, who I think, what was his, uh, the raging Cajun, right? Pictured, and um, he was in People's Magazine back, I don't know what year this was, but uh, he was wearing, he's wearing a pentagram in the middle of his forehead. Bill Clinton calls his first press conference as president-elect according to the astrological correct full moon day. Bill Clinton in his inaugural speech said, this ser- Oh, hold on, I'm going to read it in his name. And this is Bill. And Bill Clinton <clears throat> in his speech said, uh, This ceremony is held in the depth of winter, but by the words we speak and the faces we show the world, we force the spring. Clinton repeated these words, we force the spring, later in the speech. That expression is a very unusual expression to quote-unquote force the spring is a witchcraft language in witchcraft and satanism lucifer rises from the underworld on may 1st also known by the following list of names beltane a major european holiday communist and the illuminati's chief holiday and walpurgs whatever that is <laughs> the May 1st, did you like Bill? Hey, thanks, Bill. Hey, thanks for bringing me on, PCJC. All right, Bill. Good. Good. The, the, uh, the May 1st rising brings forth the season of fertility, which the witches each year take credit for by claiming that their magic rituals force the spring. The ritual ma- uh, magic that forces the spring is done on three Sabbaths. The first is Einbog, also known by names 
Candemus by the Catholics, and Groundhog Day by the Common Dupes. The second is the Vernal Equinox, March 20th. In the blood and sex rituals that carried out. Um, and the third is Beltane, May 1st. In which a fire festivals are done. This is one of the fire festivals which people around the United States tell me they have witnessed from a distance. Witches believe that on May 1st the female forces completes her takeover from the male force. <laughs> oh. So I think it's interesting. Groundhog Day is one of those. And that's like a big thing around around this country, right? There are 12 cabinet members, which when they assemble with their head, Bill Clinton, uh, someone say head, make the number 13. Bill Clinton chose to uh, force the spring with his cabinet coven. In true witchcraft tradition, the cabinet of Bill Clinton follow the pattern of forcing the spring in order for the female to overtake the male force. Clinton chose the position of Attorney General. The title General has a male connotation. All the rest of his cabinet members are called Secretaries, which has a female connotation. The Attorney General position was to be given to a woman, but in order for witchcraft ceremony and timing to be right, the woman the woman couldn't take over until February till after February second, or Einbog, and there would have to be the third female candidate, from which one is traditionally picked by a witchcraft coven. This is why the selection of attorney general was not confirmed until February second. And sure enough, all three candidates were given by Bill Clinton are women. From which one was selected, Bill Clinton did indeed force the spring. Further, Clinton told us how he would force the spring in his inaugural speech. On the 666th word of his inauguration speech, Clinton launched into a sentence on sacrifice. It will not be easy. It will require sacrifice. But it can be done. And done fairly. Not chosen sacrifice for its own sake. But for our own sake, Clinton gave the hand signal of Satanists at the end of his speech. Um, Newsweek magazine headlined its story, The New Age President Takes Office, that Clinton would consider his cabinet a coven is not so far-fetched. Most of his cabinet tie in closely with the Illuminati. The Council on Foreign Relations is his upper-level of the visible arm of the Illuminati. The January 93 newsletter explained that the CFR was the equivalent of the four degrees of the Bavarian Illuminati. Um, I just want to note here that people, many people do not realize the full satanic implications of what they are in. If one if one reviews the various levels of the Bavarian Illuminati, you will re realize that the process of corruption is gradual and that the lower levels had no idea what they were getting involved in, although some probably suspected what they were getting into. The basic ingredient of the lower levels 
is loyalty to the superiors because they believe they are an elite organization. Consider Clinton and his cabinet. Now, <clears throat> what I'm going to read here is a bunch of names. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to read... I'm going to read these names, their positions, and what their previous, current, or post-jobs were back during this time. So you had Bill Clinton, right, president. He was part of the CFR, right, the Council on Foreign Relations, right? He was part of the Trilateral Commission. He was also a Bilderberg participant, and he participated in various Illuminati front organizations such as the DLC, Rhodes Scholar, and his wife Hillary and is known to practice shamanism witchcraft. <laughs> Shocker. Hold on, where's my news of the obvious fucking thing there? That you so wait, you're trying to tell me that Hillary Clinton's a witch? <laughs> Treasury Secretary Lloyd Benston, also Bilderberg. Uh, Council on Foreign Relations connected to the SNL scandal and henchmen for the Illuminati. Secretary of Health and Human Service Donna Shalala Shalala uh, Council on Foreign Relations Trilateral Commission Commission, and a close friend to the witch herself Hillary Clinton. Secretary of Defense Les Aspen CFR Socialist Les Aspen chosen or chose for his top assistant the pro-communist Jew Morton Halperin. Halperin was also a director of the ACLU and worked loyally for Henry Kissinger at the National Security Council. So these also are going to have ties to the WEF. Secretary of State Warren Christopher he was part of the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. The Secretary of the Interior, Bruce Babbitt, also CFR, and he has been involved in various activities for the elite. Secretary of Labor, Robert Reich, a Zionist Jew. And um, that's it. Attorney General Janet Reno, murderer of innocent people at Waco, Texas. The people at Waco believed that they were the true Jews and flew the Jewish flag at Waco. Notice that Reno, who is Jewish and was on the board of the directors of the Jewish Illuminati terrorist organization of the Anti-Defamation League, could not stand the idea of Christians believing that they, had, that they were true, true Jews. Uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban, Urban Development, Henry Sisivers, CFR, and Secretary of uh, Education Richard Riley. He uh, participated in Renaissance Weekends. I don't know what that has to do with the price of tea in China. He dressed up as a, a knight or something. I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> so a number of Clinton's high appointees um, are homosexuals. There was a high correlation between homosexuality and the occult. And also a big correlation between the type of Jews Clinton had chosen and Satanism. Historically, some of the most rabbi anti-Christians are Satanists from Jewish backgrounds. 
during the inauguration inauguration week, witches, homosexuals, and homosexual witches gathered at the White House for various celebrations to perform, to hold rituals, and other events. These people were invited by the president for various things. Clearly, those who are known publicly as a witch or homosexual are considered honorable by the president. So, what is the spiritual significance of the Clintons? Whenever God has raised up prophets like Elijah to turn the people back to God in morality, Satan has sent out the Jezebel spirit. Along with the Jezebel spirit goes the Ahab spirit. Hillary and Bill fit the Jezebel and Ahab spirit exactly. Um, you know, when we heard of several prophets of God, God warned us about Jezebel spirit. And, um, you know, it sounds, this, what I'm going to say is going to sound rather strange. And most of y'all probably never heard it before. So people in the church, um, uh, so you know, a lot of people hear about the words NWO and to the function in the small way prophetically, the Jezebel spirit came into that church. The church had been happy with their elders, but after, you know, people began to warn the people about the NWO, a constant clamor was heard every Sunday for the church to be selected women as elders. The church had long history without believing in women elders and had never been an issue. <clears throat> Unless one is aware of the connection between the Jezebel spirit and the Elijah type of prophet, and knows the full orb of what Jezebel spirit is, it is not likely that the person would notice the connection between the two. Satan worship is simply an ancient form of Satanism. Jezebel was the daughter of King Ethbal, of Ty, Tyree, Tyree, who was an um, ardent Baal worshiper. Jezebel was a satanic high priestess, a real witch. She had 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the groves. She put the true ministry of God to death. Her husband used the political office as she directed to further the power of darkness. So we are simply so essentially what what they're saying here is Hillary was or um, is but this is back during his presidency the satanic high priestess and she was guiding uh, Clinton. Now this article that I'm reading is is old. This isn't something someone just did like you know a month ago. This is probably twenty something years old. So it's interesting as you dig the things the things that you find that were written so long ago. And um, I say that because <laughs> when I'm reading a lot of this stuff, and this is 25 or, or so years old, I have to equate it to present tense and not past tense. Or, you know, they're talking in current tense because... 
the person that wrote this, and I don't have an author's name, so it's really, it's really, uh, I don't think I do, right? No. Really bad of me to do this, but it is what it is. But essentially what he was saying is during this time, and, and, I, and I'll say this about that. Say what you want about Clinton, the Clintons, and her being a Jezebel and him being a, uh, an Elijah type. The fact of the matter is a lot of people believed that Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton was a front. Now, I'm not saying that Clinton was a dumb man. He obviously was smart. He might have had his, you know, Arkansas twang and he had his way about him. But, I mean, he graduated. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He went to Oxford, Yale. I mean, he's not a dummy. Now, one could say he was placed in these situations, kind of like a George W. Bush was. But I would, I would have to say that from an intelligence standpoint, he was way smarter than W. was. I think the family name gets you a lot of places. Bill Clinton was a dot. Well, his his original his birth name wasn't Clinton. It was Blythe. His dad died when he was a baby. Mom remarried. Um, I can't recall the dad's name, but whatever Clinton. Uh, he adopted him, so on and so forth. So like Roger Clinton wasn't even his brother. It was like his stepbrother or half brother or something. But nonetheless, his path was chosen for him by blood what I really want to get into is Hillary Clinton who is she we'll get to that during these these couple of parts that we do over the Clinton family so I'm going to jump back into this real quick go for another 10 or so minutes and then we'll close it out and this will be the end of part one and then we'll go into part two. Actually, I need to see how long this. Let me just kind of give us a quick overview. Um, yeah, I think I can read this a little bit here, and then we're going to get into part the next part of this. So anyway. So, in this part, um, this article will hopefully provide a record so that Christians have the uh, objective way to determine if someone who claims to be an ex-Satanist really is. I realize that some Christians don't like to learn about their enemy, and that's fine. If they don't want to read, or, you know, hear about this, then they don't. I suggest that everyone listens to this. On the other hand, I see people who are coming out of Satanism who the Christians are disbelieving. The Christians have no reference from which to determine whether someone is legitimate or not. And although I believe the Spirit of God is an excellent revealer of men. I have to be frank, even the best Christians sometimes don't hear what the Spirit has to say, and they can benefit from this explanation. And it's interesting, the Satanism, uh, you know, people who are coming out of Satanism, who the Christians are disbelieving, I think that's interesting. In people you you believe and not just people you know personally but people in general people running for offices or whatever you know we have a tendency to not put our trust behind them not saying they're satanic but aren't they the closest descriptions of uh, sealing rituals that i have found that matches the deception of satanic hierarchy rituals 
from people who have come out of satanic hierarchy and are the Mormons sealing rituals. For anyone wanting to study about how Mormonism is witchcraft, I suggest they read the scholarly book written by Mormon scholar, Early Mormons and the Magic Word View by Michael Quinn, D. Michael Quinn. Quinn exclusively shows that Mormonism was based on magic and witchcraft. Quinn, who is a Mormon in good standing, tries to point out in the book that these things cannot be held against Mormonism because uh, most of everyone back in the early 1800s practiced magic and witchcraft. Whether most people did or, or not seems to me to be irrelevant as to whether it's okay. Another great book showing the connection between the Mormon temple ceremonies uh, witchcraft, witchcraft rituals and Masonic rituals is Bill uh, Snowenbellen's book, Mormonism's Temple of Doom. Bill does an excellent job of showing the illustration or and illustrating how the Mormon temple ceremony, Masonic and witchcraft rituals are simply the very same thing with minor variations. One of the most important things in Satanism is sealing. Everything is sealed. One doesn't hear the term sealing used a lot. I've read many books of the enemy to know how he thinks, and it is rare to have someone mention sealing. I had to learn about it from ex-Satanists. If one leaves off studying Satanism and begins studying the many cults, the religions, one begins hearing about sealing again when one gets to Mormonism. Mormon men and women are sealed to each other in the Mormon temple marriages. The early Mormons were sealed to many spouses. The Mormon sealing is very similar to what is done in witchcraft called hand fasting. And uh, it is also similar to marriage sealing in Satanism. Joseph Smith, who was family practiced witchcraft, had many types of seals around their houses which were used in magic. According to a magic book of 1830, Demonology and Witchcraft by Walter Scott, seer stones were, used, uh, were to be anointed with oil and sealed with holy characters. In 1837, Mormon leaders performed such a magical, seal, magical sealing for James Brewster. J uh, Joseph Smith had a cane with a serpent on top of it and astrological seals below. Magic staff canes were important in Satanism. The seal of Mars was carved into the Smith family atom, which was used by the family to draw circles for magic incarnations. In 1835, a ritual done by Joseph Smith to commune with the spiritual messenger is recorded by Oliver Crowder, Cowdery. Uh, Joseph Smith used two seals of the earth to conjure up the spirit. Smith's ritual was in accordance to the best uh, occult guidebooks in the Book of Knowledge in Barrett's Magus. Um... Within both gene, uh, generalization, satanic covens, and the covens made up of the recruit Satanism, there's the office of the keeper of seals. The keeper of seals show the importance between Satanism, 
Almost everything done in Satanism revolves sealing. There are many vows that, are, that have been made and are always exchanges uh, made during the vows than a sealing in exchange. There is always something lost by each person. Satanic hierarchy individuals who sealed to others and the part of the Satanist that is put into another is magically infused in one ritual. There is a black stone with the saint with Satan's name on it, and uh, one that is given to Queen Mother. By giving something to oneself, that item suppose, uh, supposedly gives magical power to the person you have vowed before. If you break your vow, they can take the item you have given and work destructive magics against you. In the satanic hierarchy, they have a moon child ceremony where they demonize the fetus while in the womb and the antichrist ceremony. The item that is exchanged with Satan for the woman's vow to Satan is to sacrifice her child. Then, of course, the vow is sealed. So, it's interesting. So, break that down. I don't want to. No. What would that be? You take a vow. So you think you're having a baby. It's the Antichrist. I'm just trying to bring this around to eugenics. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's love of Margaret Singer. And then the Satan uh, woman's vow to Satan to sacrifice her child. Is that in in alludes to to uh, abortion? And the, the, the point of, I don't even want to say the Democrats, but these people, I'm going to say these people because we're talking about Illuminati, we're talking about bloodlines of the Illuminati, and some of these people that are in the this family, this tree, are Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, when I tell you it doesn't matter, I'm telling you it doesn't matter. They use those letters to fool us, to, well, not even necessarily to fool us, but to divide us. They use the terms Republican slash conservative and Democrat slash liberal slash progressive slash whatever. And they do that because they know that the majority of Americans are going to pick a side. They, they spout opposite agendas. They spout opposite ideals. Not that they necessarily believe what they're saying to the good or the bad, they know that's what you want to hear. Republicans, conservatives, they're going to say the things that Christian-minded, God-fearing people, patriots, American patriots, are going to love. They might not necessarily believe what they're saying, but they don't care to believe what they're saying. It's about convincing you that what they're saying is true. And the same goes for the other side. They don't care about what they're saying. They're just trying to convince you. They don't care. They don't believe any of it. Whether you're a Republican or... They don't believe it. They have a higher power. They're, they're working against God. They're working against us. So why the, why the quote-unquote parties? Why the Republican Party? Why the Democratic Party? Why do we have labels? And better yet, why is there only two? I know there's Libertarian and there's the Green and there's the this and there's the that. But whatever, whatever. Why do those parties, the Green Party and the Libertarian and all these other parties, 
Why do they never make any kind of waves, any kind of mentions? It's just the two. And they say the opposite stuff to get to get people to pick sides. And then that causes a divide. And why? Why do both sides clamor the Hispanic, the black votes? And they make such a big deal about those votes. Because that's just another sect to be divided. If you have Democrats, whatever color, versus Republicans, whatever color, then if you dumb it down to whites, whatever, versus black, whatever's, or Hispanic, whatever's, or Asian, whatever, then you break that division down even more. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't about what's doing... They're not trying to do what's best for the country. They're trying to do what's best for them. So I'm going to end it here with uh, with what I just said. And we'll pick this up on Friday, hopefully. If not Friday, it would be Sunday, but it should be Friday. Um, and continuing on with this. And as we read on, is it's gonna, it's, we're going to ask the question... Does the satanic hierarchy have Tesla's inventions on the next D-Tom show? No, (laughs) but seriously, that's what we'll get into on the next show. And like I said, that should be on Friday, Uh, barring any situations. I have a couple of doctor's appointments. I'm actually recording this on Tuesday for you guys for Wednesday Um, because I got to work and then I got... Five hours of doctor's appointments at the work. So it's going to be a fun Wednesday. Then I got to go back to the doctor on Thursday. So hopefully I can get everything done and be back with you guys on Friday and uh, give you a big fat sugar water. So anyway, with that being said, guys, please make sure you visit our social media profiles. Don't tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, on the Twitter machine, it's DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me on the Twitter machine there, it's uh, PCGC underscore 1775 and don't forget about our website dotreadamerica.com and uh yeah and make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on if you subscribe you'll know if i'm here friday and then sunday and then so on and so forth so subscribe and please 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 share this with your friends and let them understand that this isn't yeah i know the names don't tread american and there's a lot of episodes we've done where we're bashing biden we're making fun of grandpa johnson we're calling him poopy pants and i get it that's what we do but these last couple of weeks you can see i'm changing things a little bit trying to show you what they are doing against us All right, guys, you guys have a great Wednesday, and I will talk to you again on Friday.